Okay, it's time for another podcast, the sixth podcast, um, since we kind of reconvened this whole thing um, and posted it up on iTunes. And what I uh, started doing with these uh, these kinds of things is, is um, well, I realized that I've been writing for like a lot of rock magazines for the past five, six years. And outside of each magazine's country, Nobody knows I do it, um, and so I, I've decided to use the podcast as a forum to showcase uh, the columns. You know that some of them get translated into you know Swedish or German or Hungarian, and you know, no one else outside of that place gets to read it. I've been doing um, a column for Close Up Magazine in Sweden, which is the Sweden's premier metal magazine for five years now. So every month I, I write this column and no one's heard it until these podcasts. So that's what I've been doing. I'm going to read a column from Close Up that I wrote in March of 2009 for the following, I believe, April issue. And um, it's it's just a lighthearted comment, uh, column that I do. And, and um, you know, I've been thinking about you know, kind of branching, branching out using this podcast, maybe talking to other people, friends, you know, and other bands and stuff like that. I've been, you know, listening to um, What the Fuck by Mark Marin and uh, Joe Matarese and, and Jim Florentine's podcasts, and, and they're amazing, you know, those and Joe Rogan's podcast. These guys are comedians, but, but uh, it's not necessarily yuck, yuck laughs all the way through. There's some really cool discussions that they get into. You know, Jim Florentine's, especially with Rudy Sarzo's, uh, Rudy Sarzo, a discussion with Rudy Sarzo really kind of inspired me to maybe, you know, start up this podcast thing again. But I didn't want to just turn it into, um, you know, oh, this is what we did on the road. Uh, we had a great show here. It's kind of boring after a while. So I started with the columns and then maybe maybe if I, I, I meet up with a friend who's in another band or something and it's more appropriate, I might do that. But so far, just these columns alone, and, and I'm going to read to you what I handed in to Robon, my editor at, at Close Up, back in March of 2009. This column, I always in, I always title them, but they don't really publish the titles. But this, this title uh, is The Jersey Mob, Love Nevermore, and it starts off like this. I hate watching television. I know it sounds too cool for school and very metrosexual of me, but I really do. I can actually feel my IQ dropping when I watch any vapid reality show or insipid in situational comedy. However, as with every hardline stance, there are always exceptions, one of them being The Sopranos. It's a well-written show about the trials and tribulations of a mob family in New Jersey. Everyone I come into contact with who hasn't seen it immediately gets broadsided by my conversational harangue and nonstop berating until they finally start to watch it just to shut me up. One friend had me watching it, watching the whole series over again on DVD, and that's when I discovered something I hadn't seen before. Despite great attention to detail, the mise-en-scene of teenager bedrooms get greatly ignored by film and television. And it was while watching Meadow Soprano the daughter of mob boss Tony Soprano, run crying to her bedroom in episode 6 of season 2 that I received a shock. 
adorning the bedroom walls of this supposed regular 17-year-old suburban Jersey high school girl was a Nevermore poster. Did you get what I just wrote? A fucking Nevermore poster. Yeah, that Nevermore. Yeah, that metal band from Seattle, Washington who put out consistently solid slabs of contemporary metal like 2005's The Godless Endeavor and my favorite, 2003's Enemies of Reality. Clearly, Meadow Soprano, judging by her way of dress and mannerisms, is not a fan of metal. Clearly, this is one of the only posters the art department on set was able to get their hands on. Despite 99.99% of the audience not caring about what's on Meadow Soprano's walls or even knowing what a Nevermore even is, it shocked the shit out of me. I quickly did a brief review of past episodes containing scenes shot in both her room and her little brother AJ's bedroom, like in episode 4 of season 1, and saw that he had the same poster. Not only that, but there was a stuck mojo poster right beside it. I mean, what the fuck? In other scenes, besides the more true-to-character posters of Lisa Loeb and Beck, after all, this was filmed in between 1998 and 1999, there was a Girls Against Boys poster and a Gaunt poster in episode four of season one. Gaunt were a kind of a poppy punk band from Columbus, Ohio, made up of members who went on to form the New Bomb Turks and who put out records on Amphetamine Reptile and Crypt. Girls Against Boys were a post-hardcore band originally from Washington, D.C., with records out on Discord, Touch and Go, and eventually Warner Brothers. Are we supposed to believe that a teenage girl who is part of the school choir dresses like she came out of an old Navy catalog and just, and just wants to pass her SATs to get into college suddenly ends up being a big enough Nevermore, Gaunt, and Girls Against Boys fan to track down their posters and tack them up on her wall? And if she's that into Nevermore, shouldn't she logically be clued into other contemporaries? Suddenly her squeaky clean image gets a little tarnished knowing she's got the entire death discography on her iPod. Maybe to her friends she rocks out to Beyonce, Rihanna, Daft Punk, and the Arcade Fire, but at home she fancies Morbid Angel, Today is the Day, and The Nation of Ulysses. I'm sorry, but a 16 and 17 year old kid, but 16 and 17 year old kids are the most closed-minded, ignorant little brats you can find. I know, cause I was a little schnot-nosed one myself. There is no way a 17 year old girl who is into Nevermore would be caught dead with a Lisa Loeb or even a Gaunt poster on her walls, or vice versa. Also, there is no way a 17 year old Jersey girl connected to the mob into Nevermore even exists. I also know that a teenager's bedroom is their sanctuary, and what gets hung on their walls is supposed to represent them and what they stand for. It's an innocent time in one's life filled with self-discovery and idealism. I too had my share of posters up on my wall, like my Metallica shrine, like my Voivod poster, or my various flyers from punk rock shows that I went to, pages ripped from Thrasher magazine and my beloved Carol Alton, Kelly LeBrock posters that my mom made me take down. Apparently, my Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley posters circa Asylum Tour dressed up like trannies wearing tiger print jocks outside of their pants was fine to her, though. In my journey to, quote-unquote, find myself, these were the things I most identified with and clung to. I can't honestly believe Meadow Soprano, daughter of the Jersey mob boss, is sitting at home brooding 
to the Italian sounds of the Seattle metal scene's finest. I know I should suspend disbelief, just like I'm supposed to believe someone as hot as Julia Roberts is a dirt-poor hooker in Pretty Woman. But this Meadow Soprano slash Nevermore slip is really spreading it thin. To suspend disbelief to its bitter end would mean Meadow Soprano would be the coolest girl in the country ever. But everything in the story, script, and her character description, at least to this point in the series, makes her out to be quite normal, almost bland. That's why the dichotomy between her and her menacing dad make things so interesting. Perhaps there was just a big metal fan in the art department who thought that the bludgeoning sounds of Nevermore mirrored the dark and destructive behavior of her father. Of course, by episode two of season four, she's replaced the Nevermore with NSYNC and Hole. So that theory is probably wrong. Meanwhile, AJ replaced his stuck mojo poster with more appropriate machine head and slipknot ones by episode 11 of season four. This little tirade of mine has probably quickly painted me into some kind of douchebag, but but think about it. Knowing small details such as a Nevermore poster does have some sort of effect on your opinion of the character, doesn't it? I remember watching an episode of Friends once by the ca- and, and it was about the cast going to a Hootie and the Blowfish concert. And my already indifference for this shitty show instantly turned to supreme revulsion. Why was I even watching Friends in the first place, you ask? Courtney Cox is one hot piece of ass.